For those people who don't know, my name's Lucy. I'm a member of the forum here, and I would like to introduce you to someone. This is my teddy. My teddy was given to me by my grandparents when I was born. He has never had a name because my parents weren't into naming toys, and I was too young when I got him to think that he needed a name. So he's just my teddy, and as you can see, he's had to be mended. He's lost his crooked smile because it's rubbed off over the years. He does still have a little squeak. Oh, can't play it this morning. But he does still have a little squeak. And Teddy, I was never one of those children that took a toy everywhere, but Teddy was always there at night. And as I went away to school trips, Teddy would come with me, and all the children would tease me, and then it would get dark and they'd all want to hug him. So I didn't feel too bad about the teasing part. And then you get to adulthood, and you're not really supposed to still have your teddy. Um, so I used to put him in my suitcase, and I'd hide him until it was dark, and then I'd get him out when nobody knew. And when I was about 25, I went to a talk given by a missionary, and she got her teddy out. But she didn't call him her teddy. She called him her transitional object. And a transitional object is something that has meaning attached to it, which gives you comfort. So when you're 25, you don't have a teddy. You have a transitional object. And in fact, when I got married, my mum presented Teddy with a set of clothes so he wouldn't get cold at night. So this is my Teddy. Sometimes, when things are difficult, we want little things to hold onto, like I held onto Teddy. And the passage that I have chosen to speak about is about what do we do when things are difficult? Where do we put our trust? Can I have the, ne the next slide, please, Harry? This is from Jeremiah. Now, none of the Old Testament prophets were very popular. Jeremiah, I have read, is the most hated of all the Old Testament prophets. Mark talked last week about being picked last for sports. Jeremiah would have been left on the side. Nobody would have picked him. They hated him. Because he was telling Israel to repent. He was telling Israel that the Babylonians are going to come and take you away if you don't turn back to God. And Israel didn't want to listen. And when the Babylonians did indeed turn up, Jeremiah started saying, they're God's instruments, you need to give in to them, and got called a traitor. So this is the context in which he is writing his words. At the beginning of Jeremiah, it says, For my people have done two evil things. This is God speaking. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. And it's in that context that the passage starts. Those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from God, they are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. Humans are mere. They are small. They are insignificant. Other translations talks about humans as being weak or frail. If you're going to rely on the strength of something that is weak and frail, you are going to end up like a stunted shrub. The shrub that Jeremiah is talking about is called a tamarisk bush. And when it grows in the desert, the roots only go into the topsoil. 
so they don't reach down into the water that is stored in times of drought. And because they have only got the topsoil water, they can't grow very tall, so they become stunted. People who are putting their strength in humans don't have any hope for the future, because how can we as humans know what's going on in the future? They live in a barren wilderness, in an uninhabited, salty land. This is a land that is fruitless, where you are thirsty. Do you see the but, though, just before I depress everybody? <laughs> but. When you see but in human terms, it's often in the context of things like, I'm sorry I shouted at you, but you were really annoying. And the but is negating what go first. It's excusing it. It's saying, well, I was justified in shouting because you were annoying. It's not really an apology in those cases. But when you see but in Scripture, God is not negating anything. God is bringing intervention. He is bringing life. Can I have the next slide, please, Harry? But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought, their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. And this is the passage I want to stay on for a bit. Not the striving land in the wilderness trying to bring fruit from a place with no water. I want to talk about this. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. If you notice, the word Lord is in capitals. There are two translations in the Bible of Lord. One is a capital L and small letters, and that is a translation of the word Adonai, which literally means Lord. But if you see Lord in all capitals, that is not talking about the name Lord. That is talking about the name that God revealed to Moses at the burning bush where Moses said, Who are you? Who do I say has sent me? That is the name Yahweh, which God said means I am. Sometimes that gets expanded into I am who I am. Now, God reveals lots of names of himself in Scripture. He's our protector. He's our provider. He's our healer. He's our counselor. He's our king. I could go on. But when you see capitals, God is saying, I am. He is telling us that he is outside time, that he is there at the beginning, he is there at the end, that he created everything, and that he is the source of everything that we could need. This is a God you can put your trust in. This is where you are blessed if you put your trust in the great I am. And because he is who he is, we, can, we have hope. Because he knows the future. He's outside time. We can put our confidence in it, him. We can confide in him. Those things that we can't tell anybody else, we can tell to I am. And he will listen and he will be with us. And if we put our hope and confidence in him, we are no longer stunted shrubs in a barren wilderness. We are trees with our roots deep in the water. Remember, God said that he is the fountain of living water. And instead of 
building for ourselves water containers that are cracked and letting it out. We are just planted by the riverbank with our roots in the soil, with our roots going through the soil to the river, and that is the source of all our life. Jesus says in John, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from him. Now a tree is not rushing around. A tree is just rooted. A tree isn't striving to produce a result or to feel safe. A tree is just rooted. A tree is abiding in God. Trees are not worried by the heat or worried by long months of drought. These words are written by a man who at one point was thrown into an empty cistern by the people. Now that cistern would have been full of about five foot of mud, which on me would have been about here. The king, they asked the king, can we throw him into the cistern? And the king said, yeah, go ahead, he's really annoying. So they threw him into the cistern. And he was only rescued because other people went to the king and said, actually, do you think we should pull him out? And the king said, yes. There is no, this is not a king who is appointed by God. This is a king that is a weathercock. This is a king under whose rule the the Israeli people were worshipping other gods. The Jews were worshipping other gods. They weren't worshipping God. They were trying to make alliances with other nations. They were trying to play the Egyptians off against the Babylonians to make themselves safe. They were running around desperately trying to feel that they would survive, but they had forgotten where they should have put their trust. They weren't worshipping their God. They were worshipping themselves. So this is why Jeremiah is not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Because he's put his trust in God. At one point he says to God, your words came and I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. I love that. He was fed by God constantly like a a tree by the river. And no matter what we're going through, if we put our trust in God, we're never going to stop feeling green and producing fruit. So what is the key to that, though? The key is in the word, but. The key is in who God is to us. We can believe in God. Lots of people believe in God. If you go to something like a New Age festival, they all believe there's something out there. But what you need to do is believe the I am. Believe the living God, not some counterfeit made by human hands. And who is this I am? I went through um, and did a word search on the phrase, but God. And there are 64 instances in the New Living Translation. It's probably slightly different in other translations. But each one reminds us who God is. Who are we planting ourselves in? So if you are in a situation where you feel that God is not listening to you, in the Bible it tells us, but God had listened to Abraham's request and kept Lot safe. We serve a God who listens to us. 
If you are feeling that you are under attack, Paul says in front of Agrippa in Acts, some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this and they tried to kill me. But God has protected me right up to this present time. If you need protection by staying rooted in God, you will be protected. If you're not sure where you should turn, when Peter was struggling with how much he obeyed Jewish law and how much that was um, gone now in the time of Jesus, Peter writes in Acts, but God has shown me that I no longer think of anyone as pure or impure. If you're not sure how to behave or what to do, ask God to teach you. If you're struggling with something, ask God to teach you about it. And if I was going to sum up all the buts, they would come in John 1. For the law was given through Moses. But God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. When we are rooted in God, we have his unfailing faithfulness and we have his love. Can I have the next slide, please, Harry? Thank you. And I want to jump now from Jeremiah to John. This is John 15. I've deliberately chosen the new, uh, the new King James Version because it uses this specific word. Jesus tells us, Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him Bear much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. In other translations, the word abide becomes remain or rest. And the the image is of you, you have a choice. You can be over here striving in your salty desert and trying to pour water on a bush that hasn't got very deep roots, or you can be abiding in God, resting in God listening to God, trusting God. And the choice is ours. I I was listening to a talk recently where somebody made the very good point that the only thing the Holy Spirit can't make us do is obey. He can intervene in any other situation, but the choice to obey is up to us. (laughs) Might be a good thing to do. So can I have my next slide? So So the choice we have is this. Coming up in a second. Thank you. This is a bit of a cutesy phrase, but I couldn't get away from it. Strive or abide, where will I reside? This is not something you can sit there thinking, yeah, great, I'm going to do that. And it'll happen for the rest of your life. I really wish it was. Otherwise, I'd be doing this for years. Let me give you an example. As I'm preparing this talk, the boys had work experience this week. And because of where they were going, I had to drive to Sweetbriar Road. Now, I don't go to Sweetbriar Road because there's lots of traffic at Sweetbriar Road. And it's always on the travel news. And I don't like being stuck in traffic jams. I get really nervous. I used to suffer from very bad anxiety and depression. And the little bit that's left is that I worry about traffic jams. So I thought, 
first of all, I thought, could I make Matthew do it? And that was a no. And then I thought, well, that's okay. That's okay. What I'll do is I'll make sure. And I started doing this. And I thought, well, I'll make sure I've got my bottle of water. And I'll take my Bible. Because then if I get stressed, I can read my Bible. Oh, and there's my holding cross over there. I'll take my holding cross. And, um, oh, what if it's hot? Oh, maybe I need to wear a T-shirt. So I change my top. And, oh, what, what if it's cold? I'll need a jacket. And I've got a jacket. At which point, I almost felt like God was putting his hand on my shoulder and went, and what are you preaching about on Sunday? <laughs> I had to just put it all down and go, you know what, God? I think you can get me through traffic on Sweet Briar Road. <laughs> but that's what it is, moment by moment, listening to God. When I was really struggling with depression, and this is a bit of a tatty old piece of paper now I used to have this in my pocket and it says God holds my hand when I'm afraid and I used to have that with me all the time as we choose to trust in God it's okay to have reminders it's okay to have one verse that you're holding on to for dear life it's okay to have a holding cross a holding cross is fantastic but it's got to remind you of God you mustn't put your trust in the cross Because the cross is a bit of wood. It may have come from Jerusalem, but it's still a bit of wood. And it's this sort of thing that if we are aware of, it transforms how we approach things. Or it has for me. I used to be on my knees begging Matthew not to go to work because my anxiety was so high. But God has gently brought me through that. Anyone who's suffering from anxiety wants prayer. I was literally standing at the front. God said, I want you to say that you will be healed of your anxiety. So I said it, and the whole of the next week I felt really peculiar and I couldn't work out why, until it dawned on me I wasn't feeling anxious anymore. And he did it as easily as that. But I have to hold on to that by remembering where my trust is, who I am abiding in. And the word abide with the I in the middle has become really important to me. It just reminds me where I should be dwelling. Should I be dwelling in the striving? No, I should be dwelling in the abiding. That's why I used the word reside, because it kind of um, rhymed, which I thought was quite nice. Remember, Jesus said, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. This water, that I'm going to take a sip of in a minute, will make me thirsty again. But those who drink the water Jesus gives will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh spring bubbling up in us. And the great thing is, with a spring, springs don't just bubble up, they shoot out the top. So the living water that is in you, which translations say is the Holy Spirit, will flow out of you. So not only are you never thirsty yourself, that is available to other people through you. You are able to say, Karen, don't worry. Jesus is with you. The living water is in you. Don't worry. Trust. I talked earlier about Yahweh the special name of God. To the Jewish people over the years, that name became so sacred, they never say it. They either call Yahweh um, Adonai, they refer to him as Adonai, which, as I said, is Lord, 
Or they use this little phrase, which I love. It's Hashem. It means the name. When I was a little baby, my nameless teddy made me feel safe. I thank God every day that he revealed himself to me by the name. And that now my trust is in the name. I remind myself of this and... I'm, I'm very visual, so I like having reminders of who God is when I'm in my house. This reminds me of who the name is. He is somebody who keeps his promises, listens to my prayers, helps me, guides me, comforts me, casts out my fear, always loves me, and redeems my life. That is who I want to put my trust in. That is who I would urge you to put your trust in, moment by moment, minute by minute hour by hour, day by day. Believe God. When God says he is our God, when God says he loves us, when God says he is with us, we read in um, Acts when they're talking about Joseph, these patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt, but God was with him. Wherever you are, God is with you. Joseph himself said later, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. All the way through the difficulties of Joseph's life, he trusted that God had a plan. Some people may be in a situation where you can't see what the plan is. Doesn't mean there isn't a plan. Just means that if you're faced between striving and abiding, just turn to it and say, But God, I believe, but God, he is able to rescue me. He is able to heal me. He is able to redeem whatever is going on in my life. Isaiah calls us great oaks planted for God's glory. Isaiah also says that he will make rivers in the dry wasteland so that God's chosen people can be refreshed. If you feel like you're in a bit of a wasteland, ask God to send you a river. The great thing about God's rivers is you don't have to move there. (laughs) He will send you one. If you are stuck, he will send you one. In Ephesians, I just want to close with this. Can I have my final slide, please, Harry? I just want to close with this image, which I just thought summed up everything. (laughs) When you doubt, when you worry, you're a tree. You are planted by the river. Look at the size of those trees and the size of the roots. They are just amazing. When you're struggling, even if you can get out but God or I choose to believe you, God, or I choose to abide in you, God, he will turn up. Ephesians 3, verse 17 says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. This is an image of someone whose roots are in God's love. I know it's a tree. But go with me. This is an image of somebody whose roots are in God's love and who is being kept strong. We are more fruitful in God than we are alone. 
And it may be that you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never made a decision that I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe what God says. It's easy to believe in God, some nebulous God around. But we need to make a choice to believe him. Because if you believe him, he'll be there in the wilderness as well as the fruit. And there's a prayer that we say almost every week, if I can hurry it up, please, Harry. Thank you. I've been a Christian a long time, but I love saying this prayer because what it does is it reminds me of where my trust is. Reminds me of Hashem, who I put my trust in, where I abide. And what I would like us to do is to just say it together to remind us of where our trust is. So, dear Lord Jesus... I need you. I need your grace to forgive me and your love to change me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me for the sin in my life. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. With your help, I will live my life for you. Amen. Joe, can I have you? Thank you. If you've never made a decision to believe God and you want to make one today, Please come and talk to me afterwards. Talk to Karen. Talk to Tim. Talk to somebody. Because I can honestly say that my life has been a bit up and down. But without God, I don't know where I'd be now. Without choosing God every day. Can the band come up, please? I want to close in prayer by reading some, reading some words from Ephesians, if people could stand, please. And then we are going to worship God. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ Jesus will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may we all have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May we experience the love of Christ that is too great to understand fully. Then we will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen.